Hi, this is Kurt Thomas with the Dream Warrior Review. We're going to have a very special episode right now. We're going to try to tune in to another podcast that Mick Strawn was recently a guest on. I'm referring to, of course, the one and only Retro Movie Geek podcast featuring Joel, Daryl, and Peter. They discuss a lot of different films that Mick worked on in his career, including Mantis, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there are other things they talk about as well. I thought these guys do an amazing job, so please listen and enjoy. Welcome to Retro Movie Geek, the weekly show wherein we, your humble hosts, watch and discuss a retro movie, which we define as any movie 20 years old or older. This, of course, means we spoil the heck out of every movie we cover, so if you haven't seen this episode's Cinematic Delight, consider yourself forewarned. And by the way, we're going to be talking about lots of Cinematic Delights, so I guess we'll be spoiling a lot of them, so sorry. I'm Joel, and I'm joined, as always, by Daryl, who's... Killing I want to know when you did the black light for Boogie Nights. No, what, we'll get, 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 don't jump ahead. Don't jump oh, ahead. Ooh, I have questions. Pacing. Oh, it's okay. just pacing. That, that was my one question. <laughs> and I ha- also have Peter here. Of course, I always have my Peter. Ooh, <laughs> freshly out of the shower. Uh, fresh out of, my out Peter of is shower. fresh out of the shower. So we're happy about that. And we are joined by a man who, honestly, I, I'm going to go through the, some of the filmography. Uh, you may have heard Mention of the good ones. Yeah, we, we are we are interviewing uh, the great Mick Strawn, who is a special effects artist and production designer. He has covered a few movies you might have heard of, just a few. Okay, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's, he's he's worked on just a couple. Okay, so we've got movies yeah. like Blade, uh, yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Night on the, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Three the Dream Warriors, and Four the Dream Master. Which we, we have a connection to. We do, and we'll get there in a sec. Don't, don't get, don't, don't. No? Okay. Boogie Nights, right? We got yes. Candyman. He worked on uh, so, uh, Fat Boy. Oh, you ready for this, guys? Fat Boys, are you ready for Freddy music video? And I, <coughs> and, and, wow, that, and that I believe right I heard there. you say so, in the Elm Street. Combat, Breaking 2, Hercules. Yes, I'm getting Eaton. there. Oh, yeah. uh, Leatherface, <coughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, the TV movie Strays, which I'm Rick actually going to ask you about, by the way. Uh, Chris Nightmare. Yes, yes, Tales See, from the Mick, Dark City TV. mentioning all the good ones. Armed yeah. Response. Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, we're, getting, oh, we're definitely going to talk about Fantastic Four. And. And all of that in a bag of chips and other awesome crap. Go to check his IMDb page out. The one, the only, Nick Strawn, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, Hello Mick. Hello. Welcome. I, I, I'm, I'm doing the invisible box now. Hello? You're here. You're <laughs> here, Mick. I, oh, okay. Oh, the mic yeah. is on. You're, 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 your mic is hot. Oh, am I hot? Like, well, wait, feeling hot, hot, hot. I, I was born without, the, without an interior voice. Okay. So you're just going to so, randomly say stuff. Well, that kind of like us. all of us. All of us, really. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually been on medication <laughs> for a while because so of I, I'll stay away from my mic a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the deal. So, Mick, we want to talk to you. You've got so many movies that we want to cover, yes. honestly. And yes. I, I know at some point you would like to you know, have a family and a life. So we 
can't keep you here probably for everything. However, who needs that? I know it's it, well for Daryl. It's overrated. He's had like eighteen <laughs> wives. So. <laughs> Peter Overrated. Peter has multiple children. I have three children, so we actually attempt every once in a while to see them. Daryl, on the other hand, doesn't care. He's like, what? No, yeah. do well. No, yeah, he, sa- he sounds like it. Yeah, Daryl just doesn't uh, care. So, the- oh, raise my kids. <laughs> so, oh, and I forgot to mention Boogie Nights. By the way, he also worked on, which I'm pretty confident Daryl and or Peter, 98 percent of their questions will have to do with a certain prosthetic special effect in that movie, and they will <laughs> spend the duration asking about okay, that. I just, you was say, there I, really? <laughs> Corn going. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Cool your jets. I want to tell you a story. Okay. Nice. So uh, I happen to be working with a company called FTF Effects and FTS Effects. And uh, <laughs> I had just come off of one show and I showed up the next morning in the office and they said, uh, we need you to key another. We need you to key uh, another show. The production meeting is across town. Here's the script. Get in your car and go. You're, you're already late. I, oh shit! Okay, so I, I, I grab the <laughs> script. I, I, I'm jamming down the freeway. I, I walk in and they're just on like the fifth page of, of the read through. And uh, what a read through is 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 all the main department heads are sitting around a table, and the first AD is is uh, is reading the script out loud and at the end of each you know a scene or shot you know you you have to say this is going to be your uh you're going to be the one that's handling uh such and such that comes up in that reading and uh and then you're going to have a little mini meeting on the side after right and so i'm seated right straight across from the prop master and um i am I, I sit down immediately and I open the script and I start reading as fast as I possibly can. And I have the script like sitting on my knees underneath the table. So that's not obvious that I'm only reading about two, about two pages ahead of everything. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, flipping the pages and flipping the pages and flipping the pages and flipping the pages. And, this. and then all of a sudden I see an enormous penis whips out of his pants. <laughs> And, and, I, and, and you have to remember, I'm just two pages ahead. Now, the prop master was a goof and a guy that I that I'd known for a while. And he's he's no he knows exactly what's up with me. You know, he knows <laughs> that, that I'm that I'm only like a couple of pages ahead. And I have to tell you that this happens a lot in Hollywood. I mean, the last person that you it seems like the last three or four people that you pulled on are always just jerk right into that big meeting and they're just barely, you know, it's fun to watch them. Yeah. It's, it's fun to just watch them like catch up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's Mm -hmm. sitting right across from me and, and I'm two pages ahead. I looked down and I, and, and he could tell cause I just kind of froze. (laughs) Wow. And and, and all I could think to myself was what the fuck? And I look up and across the table, and I look in, in his eyes, and he goes, yeah, right. And here it is. And he reaches down into a paper bag under the table, and he flops a great big rubber penis onto the table. <laughs> nice. Right in the middle of the table. Yeah. And the whole table just freezes and stares at the penis for a while. <laughs> and um, and, and that, was, that was my initiation into Boogie Nights. Wow, so, that seems appropriate. Okay. That does seem appropriate. So, yeah, that is the movie you, that re- 
It literally went downhill from there. <laughs> well, did you know okay. recently? Recently, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg apologized for doing that movie. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Very recently. Why? Because it wasn't another Transformers gonna, movie. I, I'm confused. I, I, I think he thinks he's going to heaven, and he's just he's getting older. And I think you know. Like, oh, we all it's like a guilt the, thing. With a penis that size, yeah. he will yeah. go to no, heaven. No, 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 no. Well, wait a minute. That wasn't his. That's the point. That was right? special effects. Well, sorry. I know. So, um, no. did you uh, did you uh, get to handle the Diggler? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to go there. I wow. yeah. Wow. So moving on to important to important things. Yeah, well, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, I want to. I, I do want to talk about the greatest movie ever done. Strays or Leatherface? No, Tom Boy. Oh, Strays! That keeps coming up. Okay, no. go. Go, Daryl. Boy, what are you talking about? Oh, Tom, Tom Boy. Talking- oh, yeah, with B- Betsy Russell. <laughs> did you Did Tom you get Boy? to meet Did you get to meet Betsy Russell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's is a long she, time ago, buddy. Is she Is she nice? Yeah. <laughs> So the point is, the point is, so Mick did work on Tomboy. So we'll start there since that's apparently where Daryl and his 12-year-old self wants to go. Um, <laughs> so, right. So what was that experience like, Mick? I, you know what? I, to tell you the truth, the, 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 only, the only thing that I can even remember about Tomboy was uh, a, a scene where we, <laughs> I was brand new to the business and I had just discovered this thing called hot glue. Uh-huh. Oh. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I, I little did I know or understand that that, you know, uh, movies had lights that were really, really hot back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and we had yeah, this odd scene, this odd scene that was a, a donut commercial uh, in Tomboy. Yeah. And it, and it, it involved us hanging these Masonite uh, uh, donuts that I had hung. That, that I had created, right? And, and we airbrushed, and we had, like, these 20 donuts <clears throat> hanging off of monofilament in the air, and they turned the lights on, and, and I had, had glued the uh, box of wood to the back of them so that they would, uh, you know, so that we had something to hang them off of. And in the middle of the scene, as the lights heat up, oh, they, no. they would just, like, randomly drop. Oh no! It was it was a it was like a it was like an effect in its own. Yeah, <laughs> oh, pretty much dropping. Uh, yeah, I mean that, and and honestly, that that in having some kind of ridiculous argument with a uh, pen. Trying on, for on, pen and Teller. Yeah, from Pen and Teller. Oh, Pen and Teller, and and we were. Uh, oh no! You know what? That was limousine. You know what? I, I, you're so far back. I'm, I'm, it's, it's completely. It's okay. It's okay. We we have that effect on people. Actually, uh, I would. <laughs> well, there, there was a movie that there was a movie that really made a, it. It, it made, meant a lot to me. That was on Fox. It was called Mantis, and it was Mantis. like the first black yep. superhero on TV. Mantis was awesome. That I, that I had ever seen. Like, there was no black superheroes on TV at all, really. Yeah. And this was, like, the first that I've ever seen. It was. It came on in the summertime. It was a two-hour movie. Look at the look at the people that are on it. They had Gina Torres. They had a Carl Lumbly. Wow. Yeah. And the lead. These are leads now. Steve James. Nice. You know, like, this was an amazing... Marcia, uh, uh, Marcia Cross. 
Eric Landeville you know, was the uh, uh, w- w- was the director. Yeah, uh, he's a very very you know he, he's a famous TV guy. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an awesome. I to work on. That. I had fell. I had recorded that. I had wa- I probably watched it like a hundred million times. And then really? they That's made so a cool. TV series before they made. It, it was great. I mean, you you had a guy who was he was a doctor. He wasn't someone who was a criminal. He was right. he was in L.A. He, he we had to cover this, guys. Story. We had to cover this. I've never seen it. Oh, it was great. It, it, oh, he had a oh, tragic yeah. story. I think his wife was killed. Was his wife yeah, killed? Yeah, something like that. You know, he, and he was tra- he had he had armor. It was it was very close to Iron Man, but instead of the heart stuff, it was that he was paralyzed from the yeah. Waist and down. You remember? Yeah, and he had to put the, he had to put the suit on in order to walk. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what? Yes, I do yes, vaguely yes, remember yes, that, but yes. I don't know that I ever saw and it. And he had to, and it was a mixture of Iron Man and Black Panther, actually, because he yeah, had two it, students it, it, who were scientists who were from Africa. Huh. Exactly, and he and he had this uh, he had this wild lair that was kind of like a uh, Batman, only done in gold yes. and green tones. He had a ship. <laughs> yeah, it had. A, it had I designed a, it was, that car. I designed. You that, designed that car. I designed <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, Daryl loves you now. You are Lair. It had those those really cool control boards with the light that came back up over the back. And oh, stuff. you my hero! That, <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, that, remember the car? Remember the car sitting sitting with those lamps that came over the top of it that were yes, just big sweeping, you know, huge uh, things oh, of light God, coming at the end. So cool! It was so cool on a oh, TV I've always, show. I've always loved that film. I always, I, I always thought that that was kind of like a, uh, uh, and Carl Lumley was so good in it. I mean, you know, he was, was uh, incredible. And what made me mad is when they did the TV show, they re- they changed things from the movie. They fucked it up. They, they fucked they, it up. They, they, they took it the, up so bad. No, they, no, added, they, they added on, like you. this white scientist because they. I guess you can't have it that he's smart enough on his own to build oh, the, the. Oh, they just the armor. Yeah, that, they, it. they also did this. They they also moved it from L.A. to Canada. Yes, and, and, and when they tell. went to Canada, when they did went to Canada, they, they white breaded the whole thing, including yes. the set and the whole back. It was it was they it was like your this. lair. The lair had no personality anymore. All the stuff that you put in there, oh, dude, they fucking took it out. It actually is caught all of that. Oh, it made me mad. It made me so mad because oh, no. it was a was part so of his sad. personality. Like it, it it had its own like. It had uh, African stuff in there, and the colors yeah. blended, and it, and and it was just he was a doctor, and he liked jazz, I think, and he and he right, kind of had that. And, and, yeah. and I did, I did that color, that color scheme. I did like, I took like African colors, and I and I yes. put like a, a glimmer to them. Yes, and and, and yeah, that's that was. It had uh, like an almost glow to it, like the light. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, it, I, it, I, I got to tell you, I really <laughs> loved that set. Oh I mean, my I just, god, man! Had a lot of fun we had to cover that. that. Yeah. We had to cover. We got to cover here. Mantis, yeah. and you have to come back for that. Just you yeah. Have to oh, come back well, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I want to tell Mick. So Mick, here's the deal. So he, earlier, Peter mentioned that we had a Nightmare on Elm Street connection as well but kind of kind of in a way to you without it actually you being aware of it uh we've had lisa wilcox on the show twice now oh yeah lovely yeah she's fantastic so we had her the first time we did like what we're doing with you we just talked about her movies and stuff and then the second time we actually because what we norm quote unquote normally do 
besides go down rabbit trails and never stay on task, right. is, yeah, exactly. is is we will talk about one specific movie and episode. So for instance, we'll cover Mantis. We'll all have watched it. If we haven't seen it before, we talk about, okay, this is our first time seeing it. If we had seen it, like what was it like watching when we were younger versus now, that kind of thing, back and forth. And we talk about the movie yeah, in depth. Right. So, so if you're interested, after we do the interview and everything, uh, maybe in you know, another couple months or something, we can have you back on again, we'll cover Mantis with oh. you. So you could, as you watching it as a viewer, and, and as well as the guy who obviously worked on it, so it could be no, weird. I will declare we do this in February because it is Black History Month. Oh, okay, Month, you know what? And, and Daryl, as uh, as I'm as our resident it. guy who just gets to pick those movies in February. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've, I've Your got, white guilt will many, get me to win. Yes, huh? it will. I've got many advances. <laughs> I've got many Mantis stories, but I'll tell you one real quick. Okay. Okay. Yes. This, yes. This, this this was interesting. We got at the very end of Mantis, and and Mantis was. Uh, you, you have to understand, Hollywood is, it's, it's got this kind of segregated nature that mm, uh, no that, no. <laughs> but but, but here's, I can tell you this, and, and this is this is a strange thing: is the films even the black people in town will ask if there's a black anything black filming uh-huh this is way back when in the day yeah, right yeah yeah and at and and i there were not that many black designers and i got sucked into that show and and when um so the entire crew was uh, was black right and right. i was i was like uh like out of place and, and, and really trying my best. And I thought that I did really well up until we did the group photo. <laughs> <laughs> you were the token white guy. Yeah, I was the token guy. white guy in the oh, wow. So, so the thing is, is for years and years and years, I had seen black people's faces washed out uh-huh. in the crew photo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had, you had seventy white guys and maybe two black guys, uh-huh. and and they would be black holes. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they you have to do the color balance, right? Mm-hmm. So they did a black and white photo of us, and I was a glowing white orb. You, the you, look, you look like the alien from Cocoon. I look like, look like motherfucking neon Jesus. In the oh. Oh, I was just, just glowing white, and the weird thing is, is, so the photographer goes, "Well, we'll see if we can correct it," and and and, he, and when he does, he corrects it. But you could see then that they had the, the process back then using actual film as you took and you develop it, but you you'd you'd hold a little piece over it, you know, so right. that I wasn't yeah, so I wasn't yeah. so overexposed. And that piece would put a ring around you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So so I had to either go with being the glowing orb or being the guy that had a circle around him. You're the white the Jesus. <laughs> the white Jesus. Uh, it, was, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. It was the Best crew photo I ever had. That's oh funny. my god! That's funny. I did not have one feature. I I was just I was I, I literally I looked like I was in the middle of being transported. That's awesome. you know in a Star Trek episode. That's fantastic. Oh my god! Uh, now I, I do what I do want to ask, wow. and, we'll, and we I'm sure can when we do the Mantis centric episode, we can. Uh, I, I'm sure you'll have other stories that. We'll make Daryl ecstatic for the rest of his life. So yes. <laughs> uh, I, I did I did want to ask you, Mick, 
and this seems like the kind of question one would ask at the beginning of an interview, but not here. Uh, we, yeah. we, uh, where did, uh, when did you get your start in the film industry? And also going in conjunction with that, what got you wanting to make movies? Was it something you'd always wanted to do or you just kind of, you yeah. know, fell upon yeah. it, had stumbled no, into it? I had no desire to uh, work in movies. My, let me put it this way. My sister was, um, she was a theater major and she wound up working in, um, in New York, uh, off Broadway. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was quite a bit older than I am. And so she worked costumes in off, 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 off Broadway show for the longest time. And she met met a guy who who uh, got a commercial for a Canadian safety uh, for the Canadian safety board, and what it was was and, and this this sounds so Canadian. They had five million dollars that they had to get rid of by the end of the year. Tax <laughs> oh. <Pat> shelter. <laughs> wow! And, and so they decided to make a Canadian safety. Uh, commercial, and they decided to do that means is they had so much money they would do it sci-fi style. Wow! Uh, and, okay. and so, so my sister just happened to know the director, and he had no idea what he was doing. Uh-huh. So, so they just came to L.A. and decided to start putting uh, together this commercial. And they they got together a lot of the people from um, Star Wars and stuff d- did work on it and uh, and she needed somebody to run uh, her crew but th- she wound up being doing all the uh, set painting which was which was really elaborate <laughs> and she she Oof. needed a crew but she didn't want a crew she wanted somebody to run the crew that knew how to run things but that wouldn't let it be known that she really had no idea what she was doing. Right. So, so she hired me. Nice. <laughs> so Co-conspirator. Now, now, now the thing is, is I had done a lot of construction and a lot of running crews and stuff. And, and I came from San Bernardino and ran her crew for three months, her painting crew. And, um, I just stayed. Wow. I just can't, I didn't really actually work with her again for five years or six years or something like that. In fact, I didn't work with her again until I actually got the job on Nightmare Elm Street 3 to design it, and I brought her on to do the set dressing. Wow. So that was, um, huh. you know what? I, 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 I just wanted to um, survive. Did you have something? You were, you, was there something you wanted to do? Like, would do you have ambition as far as like other areas that you had wanted to pursue? And this, you just ended up going down this trail, or was it you were just kind of you know going through trying to figure stuff out? And you because right. you had this opportunity, yeah, yeah, young, yeah. I, I was, I was, you know, I wasn't as young as most people are in this business. I think it was probably twenty five or something like that. Um, and, and most people that get, get that got into the business, you know, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Uh-huh. And I fell into the art department just because my mother, my mother was an artist. Uh, my my father was in construction. Uh, my sister kind of uh, knew the ropes of theater, and uh, I just kept going. Mm. You know, awesome. as soon as I had an excuse, I mean, I already had two kids at the time, so I was. <laughs> yeah. I I remember that I I thought it was so easy because I got in that original job, and uh, and so within the last week of the original job with CJ, I, I with my sister, I I moved 
to Canyon Country, which was right above town. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anybody. And and at the end of the job, all of a sudden, I realized I had to go out and get another job. And so I had been listening to people talking around that, that were working on this commercial. And, and I heard the names of, like, certain projects and stuff. And so I just sat down and created resume <laughs> and started just going around giving out this resume and stuff. And uh, and I and I got work. And uh, I, I remember that there was a really when I was when I was about you know five years into the business, I remember I had like a, a very kind of sketchy period where I I had to like uh, take all these years off that <laughs> that I hadn't already been working. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so. So there was some creative license, is what you're. So you hustled. Uh, creative, you, 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 you. creative license could have been my name at the beginning of, this, uh, of my career. But yeah. Daryl just hit the uh, on the head, though. You hustled, and, and let's be honest, that's the only way you make it in that business, in a lot of businesses, but certainly oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. It really is hustle. I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody. Uh, I think these days more. I think people look a little bit more towards, uh, you know, your college and background than they did back then. Mm-hmm. Well, back, it's easier to then. look it up now. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, no, no, yeah. it is. It is easier to look it up now. I mean, you know, people before you walk into the office, people know everything that you've done mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. You know, didn't used to be that way. I mean, and, and really, in all honesty, uh, all the crap that I've done in my career uh, would do probably another two more pages in that uh, on IMDB. If I ever actually sat down and, you know, updated it, it, but I really don't give a crap now. So, uh, but you know, I mean, if somebody starts out now, every little tiny thing that they do shows up on the internet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Different times. Sometimes it's good. And sometimes, Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, we already talked about the recently. We talked about Fantastic Four, right? Yes. You, you worked. Well, I mean, uh, we did a show on that on that movie. Yeah, we co- we covered the 1994 Fantastic Four actually in our last uh, episode last week. Yeah, yeah, last, on week. Our yeah last, last week. Last week. So it's something to have someone that actually worked on that project. Really? Yeah. You already yeah. covered that? Yeah. We I, already I got, covered and honestly, that. And honestly, actually, Mick, it is a coincidence because what we had already planned on doing that is the first movie of the year uh, with with a friend of ours who came on as a guest. And I didn't. I don't know why at the time I hadn't even put two and two together in my head about the fact that you had worked on it and that we had you I coming on. You did it on Friday? No. I production <laughs> designed that son of a bitch. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so what, mean, do you, you know, what question do you have then, guys? Because I feel like there's so many that could be asked. We we got to get in. But I, I just want to know, because we watched the documentary. This is one of the few movies that had its own documentary. Right. right. And, 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 and I, Marty Langford, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who mm-hmm. uh, the guy did the documentary. Yes. Doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, doomed, right? I swore I got up and gave him such a ration of shit. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I did because I was I should have been on that. You should have. That's yeah, no I, kidding. I really should. I was the production designer. I couldn't believe yeah, that he hadn't gotten a hold it? of me. And he said that he had like some PA that was looking for me that that said <laughs> mm-hmm. that I uh, that I was nowhere to be found, which was what? an amazingly weird thing to say. Yeah, yeah, it, it is weird. Really? You would, in this day and age, at, at, at that point in that day and age. Literally, 
All they would have had to do is make a search in Facebook and they would have found me. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, that's really weird. So uh, just just to let you know what happens when you um, have really lazy PAs. I was about to say, when you have PAs half-assing their, their basic <laughs> yeah, searches. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, through will, the phone book. I, no, I, will say for, I will say for added, from experience, I, I've done other podcasts where you interview people, and I have had press agents actually say to you, or not answer emails, and they don't realize that you already met the person. Yeah. <laughs> and so when the person, when you go back and you say, yeah, I talked to your agent, you know, the first thing they say is, hit on my agent, let them know that I talked to you, and then uh, we'll schedule an interview. And so you go through all of that, and the press agent never gets back to you, right? So you're thinking, damn, did they just lie to me or bullshit me and not want to do it? So you see them again, and you go, hey, man. And then they go, yeah, what happened to the interview? You're supposed to do the interview. And you yeah, go, right. oh, shit. And you go, I, I, I sent it to email to the press agent. He never got back to me. So I See, don't know what happened. A, to me, that's a really, really weak connection. It's yeah. it's it's sort of like, you know, I, I work with my wife now. My wife does uh, paints these uh, helmets, um, orthotic helmets. Oh. And okay. and we have to ship in and out of here every day with from FedEx. You know, she's, mm-hmm. an, she's an artist, and I just deal with, you know, all the... Uh, logistics of it and the thing that i've noticed is this is that if something gets fucked up it's going to be it's going to be the guy that received your package at the local fedex you Mm -hmm. know uh from the uh strip mall on the corner Mm -hmm. yeah because you can never count on any supply chain that that has somebody that makes ten dollars an hour yeah, no. Yeah, you gotta look out for that guy. Yeah. Right. That guy's your problem. Especially because he's probably already planning on being out the door next week. So what the hell does right. he care? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you know what? When he was supposed to be doing your thing, he was actually at a luncheon for his next thing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's the way that's the way that goes. Now, now yeah. I, I so I guess so I guess the real question then becomes as far as Fantastic Four goes, because again I feel like this is one we could uh pursue deeply. And I and just to bring it back real quick to Nightmare on Elm Street, I will say there was a great interview that you did, I heard on Elm Street Radio. You did back in June or it came out in June of last year. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm gonna put a link in the show notes or or Peter will, one of us will. And Okay. I, I already sent it to you, Peter, so no excuses. <laughs> oh, so and, that was the only yeah, that was the link. Um, <laughs> Wow! There's, hey, there's your $10. There's yeah. your $10. There you go. Right there. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Ten dollars. <laughs> so, so for for Nightmare on Elm Street, I would say they they obviously they're devoted to the Elm Street movies. I love them, and I and I feel like there's so many different questions we could ask you. But for the for the sake of expediency, and because you have so many other movies we'd at least like to touch upon, I would advise uh-huh. people to go and listen to that interview as well. And then if we have you on again, we can maybe go more in depth because you had great stories about the the Freddy Snake and and just other, the the junkyard scene and Kincaid and so much of really cool stuff. The Freddy Snake. It all comes back to the Diggler, huh? <laughs> so that being, said, that, that being said, that being said, so Fantastic Four, you say, okay, you're the production designer yeah. on that. Obviously, the... How was it? Are you surprised that, considering it never technically got released, <laughs> that the movie has become this <laughs> this sort of odd cult phenomenon, right? There's so many people that have seen it. Because in the documentary, they what they say is, they say that maybe when they sent out the, the oh, movie to, to, be, to get copies yeah. done, it somehow someone got a hold of it, maybe, that made the copies 
at the whatever place and kept a copy. That's what they're. That was the yeah. implication. They're basically, they were implying yeah. that some half-assed PA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you, you know what? You have to wonder about this. You have yeah. to wonder about a business that that I I had I've worked on some multi-million dollar films that that would have uh the film at the end of the day there is mm-hmm. there's a tradition that always happens is the lowest man on the podium totem pole for production like the lowliest pa is the one that delivers the film and this is this is a uh-huh. long-standing tradition is the one that takes that film which has got to represent between um, you know fifty and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right, mm-hmm. for a day of filming. That's the person that would take and and load the film into the right. nineteen seventy one you know Ford Pinto <laughs> uh-huh. that has three bald tires and is running on three bald tires and and the spare. Right, it's uh, called a scapegoat. <laughs> And is sent across the town yeah. to the lab. Yeah. The number of times that I have looked, that I've like, like sometimes done it like a gag that could not be duplicated, and then watched the PA get in their car mm-hmm. or on their scooter. Oh God! <laughs> on a Vespa. Yeah, right on a Vespa, <laughs> and leave the set with it for a twenty-mile journey back into the heart of LA. How could that possibly go wrong, Mick? Yeah. How could that? <laughs> there's, a, there's a film called "And God Said." Oh, and God spoke. Uh, the making of. I love that and, movie so much. Uh, and God spoke, where the guy gets, where the, yes. the PA gets lost. Yes, take the film in. Right? Yes, like the, I, I swear to God, I was cracking up so hard. I love that I saw movie that part because I'm uh, like, oh God, that's so true. That movie's so yeah. classic. I well, love that. That, that first that in the first day telling a joke. Yo, yes, he gets getting interrupted. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, check. Yeah, yeah, cups, yeah, yeah. Cups. And, and, cups. and the, cups. so anyway, yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Like when he said that on the thing, I was saying. And they're going, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I worked on, um, I worked on, uh, uh, Sid and Nancy. Oh, wow. And, and at the very end of, at the very end of Sid and Nancy, I, I built the, 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 the Chelsea hotel. Uh-huh. Uh, that was the set. Wow. Wow. It, it, yeah. It was a pretty well done set. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, I, I built that whole set and, um, at the, at the very end, they thought that they had uh, an issue with the, uh, oh God, the, the. They thought that they had an issue with the gate on the film, mm-hmm. and what they were literally going to fly back to Britain at, at the very, like within three hours of the end of filming, and we were supposed to uh, eliminate the sets, and Alex Cox. <laughs> found out that there was a rumor that a day before that there had been a slip in the shutter of the main camera. And so he, he just walked over and, and grabbed the sound tapes. Uh, and then as they're taking him to the airport, he says, you, you go in and you, uh, before anybody tears the sets down, before I go back to Britain, before anything else happens, you develop the film and tell me if you had a shutter slip. <laughs> and we had to freeze everything. Oof. <laughs> he had to be put in a hotel, and, and, and for a day, everybody had to just cool their heels and stop. 
until they developed the film and 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 reviewed the dailies. Wow. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, but but just think of that. It's just because he happened to grab the he gra- he grabbed the sound s- tapes. So they had to not only did they have to develop it, they had to develop it without syncing the sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's how easy it is just to grab things. <laughs> you know, like you're yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised the copies <clears throat> that we get out. Like I've I've seen uh, studio. I've seen the um, the review copies. You know, like the studio gives out to the people right. that are part of the voting and stuff. And I've seen it on the street. Like I've seen it at <laughs> flea markets. Well, you're but, in New York, we, so yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like it's funny how it's like you break this this movie. I mean, this movie's worth a lot of money. If you could get a, I mean, it 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 would make a lot of money for some of these movies to get out and and the master copy or whatever. Yeah, to get out. and and the thing is, is the security has never been very good, and and I think that they're struggling. I, I I think that Hollywood is struggling with that security these days, just in general. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it's never been good. I mean, you know. No. We, well, I mean, there's to, so many people who are working on the on the damn thing anyway. So, yeah, and, and we used to call uh, what we used to say. We used to get on the studios with a studio wave. I mean, there was this way that there <laughs> mm-hmm. there was this way that you looked. You know, if you if you look like you should be there, then you're there. Then and you, you should be waved there. Yeah. Like you should be there. Then you should be yep. there, and, yep. and they would let they would let you in. They don't do that anymore. No, <laughs> no, that's the old classic. You walk around with a pen and a clipboard, and yeah. you look. Yeah. Right. You yeah. look. It looks important. <laughs> look official. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Let him in. I, I will go back to Eric uh, Eric Landeville on um, Mantis. We were looking for uh, the location for the house you know for the uh the building uh under wh- where his lair was underneath yeah he had a nice house too and so we <laughs> yeah and we, yeah we did it was in palos verdes it was a really really nice house oh yeah so we we got down there and we're like a complete um group of black people trying to uh get into the house i'm in the mm-hmm. very very back i had to go back to the van to uh, to get my camera, <laughs> and all of a sudden the guy, uh, all of a sudden one of the PAs comes up and grabs me and puts me, pushes me through the whole group of people, yep. and and, and <laughs> puts me right in front of the owner who had just opened the door and went, look, 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 this is he's a white guy. Oh, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> No, that's real. Oh, I believe in it. No, no, Daryl. I just were clear. I know it's real. I'm just saying it's horrible. Real. I know. And so before you even finished, I said when you described that situation, I said, Yeah, you I were like, know Oh my happen. God, the white guy walked back to the truck. I already know. No. That's the bring it back. Learned, dude, what... dude, I, I learned so much through that film. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's like that's what our our security is. Yeah, especially <laughs> back then, our security was by you know if you lacked it right, you know if you look like a duck. Yep. <laughs> it's like oh yeah sure I, no, oh not yeah even right, a thought yeah yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so instead, on, on that uh, on that movie, instead of walking around with a clipboard, you walked around with a white guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you carry yeah. a white guy. Yeah, a white hey, guy. Have a he, looks, he looks legit. You needed to well, have a white well, guy representative. I, it, yeah. I do have to say that at one point, though, at one point, we were definitely filming in the hood, 
And I... Uh, he had to vouch for you, right? Well, no. <laughs> he had to vouch for you. Yeah, it worked It worked the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Had a, I, I showed up at a location at 7 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. um, at a community center. Oh, yeah. I'm standing on the footstep there, and evidently the chain of command didn't get the message down. And, and, and I had a guy open up a pair of those double doors <laughs> with a shotgun. Oh, uh-huh. And I'm looking right down the barrel of the shotgun, and I immediately turned around and started yelling for my construction coordinator. That's right. Because I. <laughs> I just realized that that is the exact opposite of what had happened to us earlier yeah. in the, uh, yeah. earlier right. in the show, right? That's yeah. right. You're like, you're you should, like, you're you should have just yelled, I'm the token white guy. I'm the token white guy. <laughs> no, you got to have a representative to be like, yeah, you got Hey, you got to represent, right? I, I know him. You got to be the one to say, I know him. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I did want to ask you about, are yeah. you a fan of horror movies in general? Because obviously you've worked on some great ones. So are you a fan? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people are, oh, right? Yeah. A lot of people, there are people I mean, who I, work on them that aren't. Well, you know what? <laughs> the strange thing about that is, is that because I came with a certain set of talents, um, uh, I had to become a fan kind of after I started working on them. I'm not going to say that I got pigeonholed. I just, I, I loved, I loved the challenge of a problem. And the thing is, is horror films present such a long set of problems. Mm. I mean, they are, they are technically the most challenging films that you can do, you know, in, yeah. in, in terms of, uh, of your, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to build a trick. You know, yep, you, yep. You, you're sort of like the the mechanic that stands behind David, David Copperfield. Only, <laughs> yeah. not, only, only you're not doing five <laughs> tricks for a show. You're doing <laughs> your your trick. You're doing like thirty or forty different tricks a day to pull everything together, right? All right. Yeah. And, yep. and I love that aspect of it. And and after a while, I just love the fact of of, of being. You know of the thrills and all the rest of that, and um, I, I am more of a fan these days than I was while I was doing it. Okay, okay, yeah, I I'm, I am a, a tried and true fan, and I have been throughout my childhood. I was a very sensitive kid, so as a little, I would expose myself to stuff and traumatize myself. And then as I got into my teenage years, I just became obsessed with like Fangoria and and, mm. and any horror movies that came out. I, I was on top of and uh, well, so you, but but but. But you have a psychological problem. I, that's definitely without dispute. Yes. That is one hundred percent true. Until you, until you see him, and he's just the most white bread. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's Daryl's lo- yeah, loving way of saying that I'm soft and <laughs> horror is the only thing dark about is he, me. Hey, he loves is he, horror. Is, huh? is he lifelike though? I am lifelike. I he squeal when you squeeze oh, yeah. me. Yeah, like, he is that. He, yeah, he is. He is such a happy oh, sleep by eight p.m. kind of guy. I get up early though. To be fair, I get up like five. Yeah, you, I, you see, yeah, he says I get up early. I do. I get up early. Uh-huh. That's the, no, that's my, the, my wife. My wife used to crack up because I. There, there used to be this thing that was called the Surgery Channel back. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember I that. I think I way, remember that. Yeah. Way, way, the way back in the, in the eighties yes. and the nineties, uh, yeah. there was this channel called the Surgery Channel. It was, it was 
I, I have still have no idea what the concept was <laughs> of a of a channel that they just it was surgery porn absolutely it was surgery porn yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, surgery porn is exactly what so you, it was. And my, uh, my wife there. was just fascinated by surgery porn. Right. The thing is, is she would walk in the, I'd walk in the house, and, I, and I, I would almost faint every time I looked at it. And she'd go, <laughs> really? Really? This bothers you? And yeah. I, I've seen pictures of you. I've seen pictures of you in rooms that had organs and blood everywhere and, you know, people dying left and right. Uh, and, yeah, it's not and, real, though. You think, well, yeah, but that ain't real. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You could go for the real stuff and, that's, and, and be all right with it. That's the scary <laughs> stuff. And here's the thing, Mick. I am such a fanboy of special effects. And, I mean, I think with the, anyone listening to the show and who's ever listened to the show is not remotely surprised to, to know what fanboys I think we all are of practical effects. Yes. To me, the effects men and women especially of that you know 80s now pretty much like dick smith on to me are like the rock stars like those are the people i want to read about fangoria i would always immediately want to read the articles that were behind the scenes about a movie but when they were talking to like you know screaming mad george and jaeger which i know you worked with kevin jaeger right on nightmare four and right uh, you have to remember that there's that there's also another angle to all that 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 most people don't is all the practical effects See, what we used to call practical effects is we used to break practical effects away from uh, makeup effects. Mm -hmm. And one became something called mechanical effects, and others stayed as makeup effects. Um, Mechanical effects, to me, were always a blast. And that was that was something where I I, several times over the over the years, I worked as uh, as uh, a foreman for Peter Chesney in his company that did mechanical effects and mechanical effects were uh, you know the difference right what are the mechanical effects well wouldn't it be the one that you build like if you want something to explode out of a guy's chest you you had to build that that kind of apparatus the freddy worm to me would be mechanical right it wasn't it wasn't no in the walls it would be okay okay that's a mechanical effect in the walls because it doesn't deal with the uh the worm itself is is a uh, makeup effect. Oh, okay. It comes out of this. It's the term effects. Its definition is anything that moves that isn't an actor or uh-huh. that is not an actor or is not transportation is a mechanical effect. Oh, okay. Oh, so nice. you have your so your rain, uh-huh. your snow, anything that explodes. Uh, a good chunk of rigging. Uh, mm, let me give you a, a really good example. Uh, it, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, mm-hmm. okay? The junkyard scene mm-hmm. where the cars are starting up and the uh, the cars are leaping into the to get in uh, Kincaid's way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Kincaid throws a car and hits Freddy, those are mechanical effects. Poor Kincaid. Yeah, poor thing. <laughs> the waterbed, the waterbed gag in um, Nightmare on Elm Street yes. Four is a mechanical gag. Okay. Um, uh, the fire in the fire, uh, you, you know, when the boiler uh, bursts back, sure, uh, in, into flames. You know, that's a mechanical. Now, would, now let me ask you this: So, would Freddie, when his uh, when he's coming back together in four, when I guess would I think I heard you say now, that was okay, wax. Now, now that's interesting because I was just going to, to say that is that's a combination. Okay. Because in order to create the heat, in order to create the heat in the room, mm-hmm. it's a mechanical effect. 
in order to build the uh, the prosthetic that melts in the wax is a makeup effect. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I actually how, I actually love an episode where that? I learned something specific. That's really cool. Yeah, That's very yeah. cool. how dangerous was that was that particular what, scene? The, which part of it? With the the flames the, doing something where you got to set up the flames and the big I mean, it looked like it was it'd be hot as hell in there, but I mean, I know it's it probably wouldn't be right. You know, yeah, I mean, like, it was a combination of lighting and the flames, and, and yeah. flames always have, especially in California, flames. Uh, you, you have to be rated um uh you get what's called a one card uh-huh. and and you have to go through several cards to get it and then you can do explosions on set and you can run flames uh people like uh carlucci uh uh lou carlucci is is a one card mm-hmm. uh he 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 does a lot of flames on set um i actually had a three card for a while so I, I could wow. do flames. I couldn't do explosions. That's some scary. That's, I, I, it's a scary this is, thing. This is an angle that a lot of people get wrong a lot of the time. Is uh-huh. is the, the term practical effect as it's as opposed to a practical effect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. A practical effect would be anything that's actually done on the set that isn't mm-hmm. done digitally. Okay. But but the separation between practical effects and and uh, makeup effects. Or is it practical effects are sometimes called physical effects. Uh, that, that that those are two completely different schools. Okay. They're they're completely different companies. Completely. Oh, if you hit somebody over a head over the head with a um, with a piece of glass, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That glass is going to be a mechanical effect. Okay. Because it's because mo- it's moving and it has to be safe. Mm. But then the gash on their cheek. The gash on their cheek is a makeup effect. Makeup effect, got it. So, because honestly, yeah, because I mean, you're right. I mean, we obviously throw those terms around because, and I think when, I, and I know you know this, but whenever we say like, oh, we love practical effects, what we are saying right. is we love Here's the practical makeup effects. Yeah, the things. That, yes, yeah, the things that are there. Actually, people are reacting to because they're not just right. You know, a tennis ball. The, yeah. The, okay, a really good example of that is the practical effects that were used in Nightmare on the Street Four. The, this was my effect, the effect of the entire theater of her sucking her towards the theater. Yes, yes. Towards the screen. Yes. Which was done. What we did is we took in, uh, there's a tractor called a load lifter mm-hmm. that, that tilts, has this huge tilting arm on it. And what we did is we built that set on two load lifters, balanced them, and then put all the lights and and air, the seats and the whole theater and the wow. front of the theater on that, and then tilted it. And you did this and, in the actual uh, theater too, right? This was an actually so it was a real theater, correct? There was a real theater. <laughs> Some of the shots are done in a real theater. Got it. Some of them are done on the theater that we made, which which is actually tilted up with a bunch of people uh, strapped into their seats, but she isn't, so she falls forward. Uh, and then uh, uh, another part of it was that we built, took the front edge of the balcony and put it on on a crane and put that crane in front of a, an old fur storage uh, unit down downtown in Hollywood that was six stories high that had nothing nothing but concrete in it, and we built we built. Um, 
call, or um, where, you, where you would see uh, beams, mm-hmm. the decorated yeah. beams that you see in the theater. <clears throat> we put those on the side of this building and had a stunt person drop off of that edge. Wow. So it looked like they were being sucked into the screen. And what makes that it's- even more cool to me is we now have Lisa Wilcox. She talked about that being yeah, being a part that of that scene, effect yeah. and now we've got the guy who helped freaking make the effect talking about yeah, it right there you go <laughs> it's a great effect yeah so you so you have to understand how many different pieces that was that are not involved in 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 makeup effects that people don't realize that that was a huge deal yeah i mean look look at look at the locations that the uh the uh, the floor with the tractors was in um, Saugus, but was up in uh, uh, Canyon Country. the The theater itself was in Pasadena, and the uh, the place that we did the stunt of the girl falling was uh, all the way down uh, just off of Highland in Hollywood. For Nightmare on Elm Street Four, I used to get in my car at six o'clock, drive to the stage. Uh, which the stage at the beginning of the show, uh, Rachel Talalay called me up and we had a discussion. And she said, well, where do you want this? Where would you like the stage? I said, I'd like it as close to my house as possible. I lived in Canyon Country <laughs> at the time. And so they, she made it 20 minutes down the road. So I would go to the stage in the morning and then I would go and visit the junkyard. And then I would leave there after a couple of hours uh, doing some drawing and, and, you know, running the sets that are around there that we get in my car. And I had a 54, uh, window van, <laughs> 1954 Chevy window van. I would drive to the junkyard that we were making from scratch. All those cars were moved off of the property. And then, and then, uh, the cars were placed back on one at a time. Uh, and all of them were tethered back to uh, rail. Um, you know those barriers that you see on the side of the freeway? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There was a huge ring of those all the way around that set that held that we cabled all the cars to, and all the cars leaned in a little bit so that they would look very um, ominous. Yeah. You know, all Again. those stacks of cars are leaning in, so Poor so Kincaid. that they, yeah, so that <laughs> as, as you see. As you see them, there's already this feel, this threatening feel that the yeah. set itself is giving you. Uh, so I would be there, and I would work with them for a while, and then I would go up to Pasadena. Uh, I'd spend some time at the theater and then head across town all the way to uh, Hollywood, uh, and uh, we would uh, be checking out uh, this, the set with the uh, beams in it. And uh, then I would leave and go all the way down to the beach in Long Beach, uh, where we were putting our uh, traps underneath the ground uh, with tractors to uh, to do Freddy on the beach. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. And, and I would get back up. I would get back up to the stage at about nine o'clock at night, and mm-hmm. uh, and. <laughs> And spend probably until one o'clock in the morning, and then do it all again. Damn, we, that was my process for months. <laughs> wow, how did you not yeah. go crazy? Oh, I did go crazy. You can see it all over the all over the screen. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
So, Mick, I don't know. You may have already seen it in the past, but I don't know if uh, Peter and Daryl have. But Lisa had done a series of location type videos where she revisited some of the locations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And so uh, I just put one in the Skype. So that way, maybe Peter can add that to the show notes if he remembers, because I won't. Ah, uh, cool. But uh, we yeah, because she went to the Rialto where where I guess you guys did right, part of that exactly. sequence. You're yes, yes. That's awesome. Yes, she did. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So as a horror fan and this this movie mm-hmm. in particular holds a special place in my heart, which is going to especially once I reveal what the movie is, it's going to be. Oh, Munchie Chi again. I know which one. Munchie Chi. Not Munchie Chi. No, first off, it's Munchie. Um, no, but I do oh. love Buffy, and we will have to mention Buffy. I know that's where you're going. I love. No, I like Buffy no, don't, too. Don't don't mention Buffy. Oh. No, 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 no. You got to understand something about Buffy. Is Buffy wound up on my resume because I worked with Josh Whedon to do the original setup, and then we left got before it, it started. Oh, got it. Really? <laughs> So, uh, yeah. so, so Candyman, huh? <laughs> so okay, so no. Candyman. I, I love Candyman, but that's not the one. Well, I, I want to ask sure. you about Blade when you get after you get done, Joe. Okay, this is like literally a nostalgia thing for me. Okay, I have mentioned on the show before. I had for some reason this one videotape that I had as a kid that I had three movies on. Okay, uh-huh. I had Halloween Four, Return of Michael yeah. Myers. I had, oh yes, you know where I'm going I with this. Okay, now. I had Gleaming the Cube, which makes no sense because it's not horror. I obviously wasn't worried about genre no. classification at that point. No, and then I had, I had Leatherface. There we go, Texas oh, Chainsaw oh, Massacre Three. I love that movie so much. Okay, yes, that did. I actually found they had done like a comic book adaptation of it. And I like scrounged the money together. They had this little local bookstore nearby and I walked over there after school. I think I was in ninth grade or whatever. And I just, I got them and I was, I don't know what it was about. I just loved, I mean, well, it had Ken Foray in it, which made me very happy, but I just, I love that movie. Oh, yes. I love that movie. So I know it's uh, there, uh, David J. Shaw, I believe wrote it. And I know that yeah. there's, you know, there's been some talk about how much it got cut, you know, edited down and, and, and whatnot. But I'm just curious to know. And of course, Viggo Mortensen, like early Viggo Mortensen's in this movie. And I before just. He, before he became, even before he became Viggo Mortensen. Yes. I mean, even, it's funny because if you look at that film. He was just a Dane back then. <laughs> he was just a Dane. And I can say yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, he was just, he was, he was a. Uh, a young I, he, he didn't. He didn't have any of uh, any of the Viggo Mortensen charisma, or you know, he nope. had that look. Yeah, you didn't know. You didn't know from watching him in that movie that this guy's going to go on to be Aragorn. And... Exactly. He's, a, he's just one of the guys on the film. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's awesome. So, what was, what was your experience on that? Like, what was what was your job like? Is there specific things that you can recall working on from that movie? What was the experience like? We built all of it. I'll tell you one thing really kind of kind of funny as hell is the disgusting bathroom i actually had a real life model for that <laughs> oh god there was a there was an auto parts oh store. no <laughs> i'm not kidding there was an auto parts store that was um where my dad used to go and get parts to uh to fix the cars in the 60s right and i just remember Going to the bathroom one time, <laughs> back in the bathroom, and I'm a little kid, and these guys didn't even think about it. And so I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, well, use that bathroom. And that cutting up pictures of naked women <laughs> with the disgusting sink 
would the, <laughs> would the, the 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 toilet that had never seen anything like so clean <laughs> yeah yeah like it had, wait it, let's, it, let's put it this it way actually, it hadn't been cleaned uh, yeah if you, carried, this old. if you carried a bottle of Lysol in there the Lysol would run for its fucking life <laughs> oh, wow it was unbelievable like and i gotta tell you it scarred me <laughs> i i'm just looking around going Oh, this is disgusting. I'll just, the I'll is, just is, pee in the is, corner. You, even, even as a kid, you know, and you want to see your first, you know, boob and all the rest of that, it was so overwhelmingly gross. <laughs> <laughs> because there was also that thing about, like, like people, you could see, you know, like all the places that people would put their greasy hands and it was just uh, it was as disgusting as you possibly can imagine and when i first read that script <laughs> i saw that bathroom you got a chance to exercise your childhood demons <laughs> that's right i got we're building the scratch this bat we're building this whole fucking thing from scratch wow. because i'm putting this bathroom in there <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm gonna get rid of this <laughs> Now, I, I now Mick, I, I don't want to you know have to keep you. I don't want to keep you too long. So, um, do you want to go ahead and we'll wrap it up? And uh, we haven't even mentioned. I know, Tony but the Kassane. problem is the guy has a life, man. I don't want to like. He's got. He's got to go, man. Yeah, he can't, he can't, can't keep it forever. Look, 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 We, Tony Katane, I worked with her twice. I know. I know. Oh, can you name him? Which board? Well, which which board? And yeah, and the Hercules TV movie. Hercules, you got it. Yeah, I'm sorry. There you go. Right. I, 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 I get to uh, the very first time that I met Tony Katane, uh-huh. I was backwards throwing an axe at her. <laughs> wow. Okay. What a way well, to why not? Now, now, there why might not? have been people. Hey, there might have been people that can say that they've thrown an axe at her. Yes. Uh-huh. But That's I'm the only fun. one I'm going to say. I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to say that I'm the one. That's throwing an axe at her backwards. Yes. And I yeah. made her her act and say her line backwards, which was probably one of the most difficult jobs of a young Mick Strong's life. So I, I want to have Mick back on. I, I hope he will join us again. And I would love to have him come on if we do cover Mantis, which I'm, I say if, but I, I realize Daryl is going to make us no matter what. Yeah, so, I don't know where you get if <laughs> from. I don't know where you got if from. Yeah, I know. There's no if. Yeah. There's it's no gonna if. Happen. It's going to happen. So, it's going to well, happen. It's, it, it's been great meeting you guys. Uh, I, I I figured that we've had enough fun that we can do this uh, several times. Oh, that would be great, man. You oh, are welcome yes, back. Sir. Works for me. Plenty of movies to talk about. Yes, plenty. Yes. Elm Street Radio, we, the interview you did there. They want to hear even more of your talk about the Elm Street film that you worked on. Uh, obviously, check out his IMDb page. Do you have anything you know you want to you want to? I do. I have a. I have. I have a uh, podcast. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah, podcast. Oh yeah, plug it. I, I want to. I have a that. podcast called Dream Warrior Review. Yes, uh, it's it's basically um, it's my friend Kurt Thomas and I and and. You know, he's a, a technical whiz, and um, I just babble. Uh, basically, it's, it starts out as a review of a film and us talking back and forth, and, mm-hmm. then, um, and then I just usually start mumbling about something and... Um, and, you know, sounds familiar. So it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> can, now, can you imagine this, guys? No, no, guys. I mean, can you can you imagine me doing that? No. 
No, not all. <laughs> I, I will say this, Mick. I will say this. On your show, is it that you guys are watching a movie that you worked on and you're kind of breaking it down? Or is it you more or less are just watching kind of just any movie that you guys strikes your fancy? And- we, go, we, we go to the theater and see what's current. Oh, okay. You know what I would love? And, and, and the thing is, is usually something current uh, will jog something in my memory. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll start. And there's the trying- rabbit trail. Yeah, there's the rabbit trail. Oh, we like <laughs> rabbit trails. Yeah. Go to Lazaro Studios. Lazaro, that rings a bell. She does orthotic helmets. Is it Lazardo Studios for your the business you and your wife do? It's is it L A Z A R D O? Right. Okay. It's studios, and I'll put. I'm, we'll have all this in the show notes, so we'll have links to it. Do you have a? Do uh, you have a computer right there? I take yeah. a look at it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I always love uh, cool creative arty things so this is she's very cool creative and arty oh wow those are incredible that's awesome yeah there you go snoopy <laughs> is it is it snoopy. awesome that is really awesome yeah so it's so the hungry caterpillar you can tell i have young kids the very hungry caterpillar i see that oh yeah see oh. You, and if you've got young kids you know all those references oh yeah this is great man these are fantastic Fun stuff, huh yeah, yeah that's great yeah <laughs> uh the other thing i wanted to bring up and um just to throw this out Fred Heads, mm-hmm. the documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be showing up in Fred Heads. Okay. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, all right. Well, Mick, thank you. It has been an honor to have you here. It's been a pleasure. Oh, great. Yes. You guys have been fun. We'll see yes. you guys. All right. Have, have a, a great one. one. All right. Go take fun. care. All right. Thanks. You guys are great. Okay, thank you, man. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Okay. So thank you to Mick. That was a fantastic interview. I think you guys will agree, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, and the Mantis podcast will be started uh, in a couple of weeks. I, I, I am not, honestly, I can say this, and I'm not even joking. I don't know that I've ever heard you perk up, Daryl, like that was anything we've ever done about any anything no, no, like you did no. when you realized he worked on Mantis. Like, I mean, I think you thought oh. Lisa was awesome. I think you she, know, you, you know, you've 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 always been you know great with any guests we have on. But it was hilarious to me the second he's brought up Mantis. <laughs> Oh, Mantis is it? No, that's that was fantastic. Yeah. It was like you were like Mantis. a kid. You like you could hear the kid in you. Oh, well, it was my. Fr- it was the first time I ever saw. Like I said, it was the first time that's I ever awesome. saw a black superhero. <laughs> Yeah, live action. I actually really TV, want to watch so. that. Now, reading through it while you guys were talking about, because I I remember can, the name, but I never saw. You it. can hear my sadness when you. I could uh, I could do it. We could do an episode of my happiness of that movie, and then yeah. and then hoping the that they do the a TV show. Yeah, and then it took <laughs> it took a long time before they got the TV show greenlit, and then the TV show starts, and I'm happy and I'm ready, and I turn it on, and and then that's when I lost a part of my soul. That's how I became <laughs> person that I am today. Yeah, and, th- and then you watch. Then you watch Kazam, because there's no hope. <laughs> That's what I learned. There's no hope. You really do so. <laughs> and don't get too happy. <laughs> no. Wow. That on that positive note. So Daryl, yeah. uh, if the good people are looking for you online and they want to get depressed, where can they find you? Uh, if you don't see me crying about Mantis, the TV show, not the movie, destroyed, that destroyed my favorite uh, character. Uh, you can go to the Twitters. Uh, and I'm on uh, the voice one, two, three. You can see me, uh, all my podcasts, like go check yourself, which, uh, we have uh, star Trek discovery restarting, uh, again, coming back from the break. So we have a lot of that going on and, and we have, uh, Gotham by geeks and we have all that kind of cool stuff. It's all on the Twitter feed. 
And you can see that along with pictures of me crying because it's so cold outside and I have to go. To I'll tell you what, this week has been hell even here. It got down Sh- below freezing three up. nights shut in a row. Shut it up. Because <laughs> I know it's we've actually, we've it snowed in Tallahassee. And shut it off. I don't want to hear it. It's, that's that's almost a movie. It was, it was mostly. Hey, it was more of a dust. It was more. It was more of a. Du- it was more of a dusting. It was like a little dusting, but still, it technically yeah, snowed. Yeah. Uh, the tra- traffic stop. Uh, well, yes, because we're Floridians. We see snow. We sort of crash into stuff. <laughs> You're right. You're right. They can't handle snow. No, I they understand. Can't. They don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Anybody who's not from Florida can't handle a good afternoon thunderstorm because everybody starts driving on the interstate with their blinkers on. I was like, come on. What are you people doing? Yeah, I why, why, why are they doing that? I, I, I think know. the theory is they do. slow down. You're on a, an interstate. We're supposed to go on 75 and they'll go, you know, 40 miles an hour with their hazard lights on. Hey, okay. Oh, well. Get somebody killed that way. Anyway, so <laughs> that's where you can find Daryl. And Peter, where yeah. can they find you? Well, when I'm not handling eight heads in a duffel bag. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I see what you or, did there because Mick was on that movie too. Or smooching with Tony Kitane. You can find me uh, uh, you wish. on RetroMovieGeek.com or ForgottenFlix.com. Indeed. I can also be found in those places, meaning Retro Movie Geek and Forgotten Flix. But I, not the duffel bag? And Well, they're, of course, there too. Oh, I'm yeah. one of the heads. Huh? Also, UniversalMonstersCast.com. Go over to MoviePodcast.network. Check that out. Uh, become a patron, patron, or Patreon patron, and get uh, access to bonus episodes and such. Uh, we loved having Mick on. I just want to say that. And we will definitely yes, link to the stuff he fun. mentioned in the show notes. So go. be sure to go check out his his business with his wife, Lizardo Studios. That is fantastic. Uh, there's some really cool stuff. Wow. I don't mean it that way. You know it. And, <laughs> and, and of course, uh, you know, linked to everything. He was a great guest. So I'm really happy about yes, that. that. So, yes. Uh, any uh, final words, guys? We did handle the Diggler. Thanks for listening. Visit RetroMovieGeek.com and be sure to leave us voicemail feedback. You can share your thoughts by calling 484-577-3876. That's 484-57-RETRO. This show is a proud member of the Movie Podcast Network, where you can hear other great shows like Movie Podcast Weekly, Horror Movie Podcast, Movie Streamcast, The Sci-Fi Podcast, Geekcast Live, Retro Movie Geek, and Forgotten Flicks. Love movies? Then you'll love the Movie Podcast Network. This is Kurt Thomas with the Dream Warrior Review. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, Retro Movie Geek, for letting us listen in to your podcast. As always, you can reach out to us on email at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at EW Review. For now, thank you for joining us on the Dream Warrior Review.